Episode 3, Stage Left. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Satirically, my mother Janice had a super mobile family life. There were several moves in her teenage years before the home on Fort Street in Niles, Michigan. Her Michiana upbringing can't be discussed without mention of the historic humble beginnings that also occurred in Ardmore, South Bend, Indiana. Before Fort Street, there was Ardmore Trail. How old was Janice when she came to live with you? The very beginning, you mean? Uh Uh-huh. 12. Where did you live then? We lived on Owen Street. How long did you live there? Uh, About a year. Where did you move after that? We moved to, to Oak Manor in Niles. You moved from Owen Street to Oak Manor? Yes. How long did you live there? Uh, about a year. Where did you move after that? Then we went to Ardmore Trail in South Bend. And how long did you live there? A year and a half to two years. So now she's about 16. Where did you move after that? Then we went to um, Los Angeles, California. And how long did she stay in Los Angeles with you? She stayed about two weeks. She didn't like it there. So she went back to Michigan, is that correct? No, not just like that. Where did she go? She went to South Bend. Who did she stay with? This. She stayed with the Sanders family. For three months? Approximately two to three months. Did she come back to Los Angeles? Yes. How long were you in Los Angeles after she returned? About three months. And then where did you move? We moved to Groom's Trailer Court. How long did you live there? Uh, About seven years. So she was married at the age of 17. Right, right, she was. Where did she go to live when she got married? She went to live with the Sanders family. Where was that? In South Bend, Indiana. And where exactly in South Bend? They live on Moss Road. How long did she stay at the Moss Road with her husband? Well, he was in the service. So she stayed there until he came back from Korea. And then they both went to live out in Virginia. Pittsburgh is now a distant memory. And the Michiana region is where she forges her new beginning. in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, 
in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of about a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. Janice attended LaSalle High School in South Bend and graduated from Brandywine High School in Niles. Due to the multiple residential moves by my grandparents. It's during this time in Ardmore, according to my grandparents, that she meets my dad on the school bus. During this time, they live within walking distance from one another and are attending LaSalle High School. I'm probably going to say circa 1964. She's 14 years old, and my dad is 15 years old. Young love, infatuation, or maybe just buddies of the opposite sex. I'll dare to say it was a combination of all three. Their special friendship grew into something more definitive, and they married in 1967. Janice was 17 years old. Mom and dad met in high school. Your mom and dad met in high school, yep. And that was LaSalle? And, pardon? Was that LaSalle? Yeah, LaSalle, LaSalle, yeah. I will probably always miss her. I mean, things happen, you never get over. She became an integral member of the Sanders family well before the marriage due to the youthful courtship with my dad. My Aunt Lena would consider her almost a sister. We weren't sisters, but we sure acted like sisters. Like we did things like we were together a lot. (laughs) Like sisters normally would be. 
That's just how relationships are forged in a small district, in a small town, in the Midwest. There wasn't wealth, higher education, and there wasn't California dreaming in the Sanders family. My mom was very much devoted to her foster parents, the Macaulays, but she also enjoyed her kinship with the Sanders family. This is where we can see another characteristic trait of a woman who simply loved to belong. She wanted to be part of a family unit. I have confidence in this observation because my sister is very much the same. A gal who loves family. So she must take after my mom, that's for sure. I can definitely relate to my mom. Or maybe I just have a dominant gene from the Macaulay side. Because starting at age 18, and before I turned 25, I had relocated myself one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I moved eleven times. My mom's early childhood experience spurred her on into this genuine pursuit of family happiness, but it was definitely only going to happen on her terms. My mom was forthright in her new expectations. She wanted a family that could provide her with the attention and devotion that she needed. This isn't selfish of her. She deserved it. Lest we forget Alahaney. There is no doubt that my grandparents provided that family unit for her, but we can all want more out of life. If we don't have it, we find ways to invent it. We make attempts to embrace unrelated people as our special relation. We call them aunts, uncles, brothers, and sisters, etc. Regardless of a line of descent. It's done out of love, and sometimes that love endures, and sometimes it fades. The old saying, life goes on, is an absolute truth. It will go on regardless of what we do. It is easy for one to say to another, let it go. No, we should not let it go. We should embrace it and turn it into one of life's great lessons. As we continue on the west side of South Bend in the mid-1960s, the teenage youth had easy access to the South Bend Motor Speedway. My dad and his friends, with the support of enthusiastic family, had access to a race car that could be entered into race competitions. This car was built and worked on mostly by teenage boys with the supervision of some adults. As a kid, I would hear about these race car memoirs 
and think to myself, what the hell? Because my passions were doing everything possible to step back and observe the world quietly. Reading, drawing, and painting were instincts for me. The testosterone it took for building and racing cars, I could never even comprehend. But now I look back on these stories and I think how unique and avant-garde they were for a bunch of neighborhood kids who were just being kids on the west side of South Bend. They could build and complete a full-fledged race car. And I wondered what child labor laws that would be subjected to nowadays. Family and friends joined together in this adrenaline-seeking activity which seemed ordinary and remarkable at the same time. Now imagine a pantomime playing out in front of a proscenium arch. Stage left enters the villain, Gerald Casimir Libertowski, a guy who hung around the motor speedway, older and influential. Who better to befriend Emery Crew? as the age-appropriate driver for a group of excited teenagers who wanted to test out their off-cut Westside Ardmore original race car. The state of Indiana, County of St. Joseph, in the St. Joseph Superior Court. State of Indiana Plaintiff versus Gerald Liebertowski, Defendant, you are hereby commanded to appear at the St. Joseph Superior Court with Judge Hosinski in the city of South Bend on the 26th day of July, 1976, at 9.30 a.m. o'clock to testify on behalf of the State of Indiana. <laughs> 